Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey Path to Awakening podcast. This is episode 42. I'm your host, Nimesh Radia, and I'm excited to get this podcast going. This podcast is all going to be about a leap of faith. And the most recent podcast is uh, has been with Stacey Brown. We have an extra special surprise today. I have another guest with me, and her name is Dr. Taggy. I'm going to start there. I'm going to ask Dr. Taggy, also known as Taggy, a really close friend and somebody that we worked with before, to introduce herself, and then we'll go to Stace. Dr. Taggy, over to you. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Taggy. Taggy is a doctor stands for naturopathic of doctor of naturopathy, so I'm an ND, and um, I am also a soul surgeon. So my job is to get to the soul wound, find the energy behind it, and release it, and find that root cause, what you came to heal in this life. So with that intention in mind, that everything has a root cause, that we came here to heal, and we came here for healing we are required to take a leap of faith. So that's why I'm so excited to be here because a lot of the healing journey is about trusting on our own higher power and taking that leap of faith. So let's get dive into it. And I'm giving the mic to (laughs) Stacy. I love this. It feels like we're on Clubhouse. It's so good. Uh, Thanks, Taggy. I'm really excited that you're here with Nims and I today. And um, I'm super excited about this topic. I'm Stacy. I am an intuitive healer. I'm a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach. I'm an Akashic record reader, and I'm really excited to say I'm a soon to be published author, which is, um, where my heart is right now is getting this book, uh, published. <laughs> I can't wait. So that's a little bit about me. Nims excited to do another episode with you, buddy. Yeah, you know, I love this space. A quick intro for me. I'm also a spiritual coach, um, mentor, Akashic record reader. And uh, yeah, I just love what we do. I love all the, the the mentorship program we've channeled, all the good that we're doing, helping people truly shine their light. Connecting with the records helps us really kind of help people understand why they're here, what their next step should be. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful process. And um I'm excited to get this topic going. I guess, you know, a leap of faith was was doing a podcast with these two crazy people. So I'm excited to get the get the podcast going. <laughs> but we normally we recently we've been starting a podcast with asking Stacey to pull a oracle card to kind of just set the energy of the podcast. So Stacey, I'm gonna hand a hand over to you to pull us a card. Okay, so I decided to pull from the Ask an Angel deck. Friends, if you've been listening, you know this is a deck that I've gotten really attached to, and it's by Tony Carr. Carmine Salerno and Carissa Mulatto. And the card that I pulled for us today is the healing card. And it says healing is the process of bringing wholeness to something that has become fractured, impaired, or diseased. In order to experience healing, balance must be returned to the place of disharmony. This occurs when the polar aspects of a thing, situation, issue, or trauma come into balance. If holding on to anger or any other strong emotion has created illness in the body or mind, letting go and releasing that emotion allows a healing to occur. Finding a sense of acceptance and then learning new ways to deal with the emotions or situations that brought you to the point of illness is essential in order to remain healed and not let the body or mind return to its former ill state. If a trauma, situation, or event is creating a sense of inner stagnation, and is hindering you from moving forward in your life, it may be time to evaluate how you are still perceiving the incident. If you are only seeing the negative, you must stop and highlight the positives you gain from the experience. You must now see how the situation is perfect and the potential that exists for you now as a result of having had that particular experience. In order to experience healing, a balanced perspective must occur. Through bringing balance to how you perceive your life, you can open up to an even deeper state of healing, which is the state of acceptance. This is a time of healing for you, a time for finding wholeness, acceptance, and balance for yourself. If you need to seek the assistance of a counselor, healer, or medical doctor, now is the time to do that. Sometimes the way to bring healing to our body or mind is through nutrition, water, exercise, or Eastern or Western medical treatment. 
Remember that the body and mind makes the whole. So no matter what is ailing you at this time, it is important to consider both the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your healing. This is a time of healing through wholeness. Powerful card to start off our podcast today, Nims. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I love that card. And um, I think it's the perfect one that Tag has joined us for. Um, and I really do feel we're all healing at this time. And um, I really feel like a body is a great, kind of guide to us as to what needs healing so yeah i love that card um now really it's interesting um last week's episode and this week's episode for me are really well connected so last week was all about overcoming fear and to this week is all about leap of faith so um yeah it's all for me that card is connects everything together so i'd love to get taggy's perspective on that card well so hold on a second sure before we go there i always like to tell our listeners like kind of the backstory and so what we need to say is this is the first time that we've done this podcast as a trio okay so this is the first time that this trio has been together and i think it's really important because nims and i have talked about this on other um podcast episodes we've talked about how we met and i think it's really important to talk about the value of the connections that we've made through the social media app clubhouse and taggy is one of those people that we met kind of this person through this person and here we are and now we've you know been able to create this collaboration today so yeah um, I, lo- I love the magnitude of this Stacey you were my first guest on and now it's our podcast and Taggy you're the first person to join us so how cool is that yeah oh I'm so excited that wish the viewers could see me I was doing a little 80s you know raise the roof <laughs> but it's so, I'm so honored to, it's so cool. um, to be here yeah it's so cool I mean th- this is the thing I think it's important for the listeners to know because first of all we've never done a trio collaborative effort on this uh, on this show before and it's important that you, you all know it is a new dynamic so we're figuring it out and if we if we seem a little awkward in how we're talking to one another it's because we have a whole new bonus here with Taggy with us. And so um, the reason that Nims and I felt like it was important to have Taggy come on is because we've worked with her a little bit in the clubhouse space and done a, a few things with her. And we really believe in what, what she's doing and how she's changing lives. And I don't know if I can just jump in there with, with you, Taggy, but I really want to, will you let me do that? So can you talk a little bit about how you got into holistic wellness? Because I feel like there was, there had to have been a leap of faith somewhere in here that got you to go in the direction that you did for your career. Will you tell us about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 I don't think I started at the time as a leap of faith, but definitely was. So <laughs> I was, I think around the age of 16 years old, I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian uh, syndrome for the people who don't know what that is. And they're having little cysts in the ovaries. And most people it's pretty benign and don't cause them a lot of symptoms besides their menstruation. Mine was pretty severe as um, every month or every other month I would actually end up in the ER, either from the pain and, or, um, so my, my, my menstruation was a big, big mess for three years up until 19 years old. And my normal for three years, my normal, this is a good day. This is a good menstruation was, being in my New York apartment in the floor, in that cold floor and throwing up, vomiting and actually having, um, I used to put a timer of an hour and 59 minutes so I can have my next dose of Aleve or my next dose of Tylenol. So I would actually switch every two hours. And that was just my normal. That was a good period. Meaning that I not ending up in the ER. I am not proud to say I was that person that made two international flight land because of emergency landing because of my, um, because of my cyst bursting. The second time I actually was like, I can do it. I can land. I can land. I'm not going to do it. And the, the students came and she was like, you are shaking so much. We can see your seat shaking from the back. Are you okay? And I lift up and I'm like sweating. That's how much fever I was in from the cyst bursting. So my leap of faith was actually kind of forced because at 19 years old, they told me, we've tried everything, 
it's always your right ovary. That's why it was every other month. And so we just let's remove your right ovary. You have another one. I was like, I am technically still a teenager. Like I'm 19. I'm not going to remove an ovary. Like just that seems drastic, especially that the answers I was getting then from many doctors. So in the US, in France, in Morocco, that it's very common now. So it used to be called like, well, cysts now are very common um, just because I think I was the generation that was the most commercialized. So, I, you know, we uh, we were the generation that we had a lot of, um, we'll get there in a minute, but a lot of the conventional processed food. And, and my, the, and I was shadowing, shadowing at a hospital and one of the oncologists at the hospital said, why don't you go see a naturopathic doctor? And I remember thinking, well, naturopathic doctors, don't they sniff essential oil for a living? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to quack doctor. Like, I'm not going there. And I remember she told me, like, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, well, what do I have to lose? Like, it's out of pocket. I have to make my parents overseas send me money. And I'm thinking of these things. And, and I'm like, you know what? And I remember my mom being like, I don't know, just don't worry, you lose your ovary, go, do whatever it needs to take. If she tells you to dance on one leg, do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I um I went and within three months, I my period were normal. When I say normal, as I was like, I was not bleeding to go to the ER. I was not in horrific pain. I remember my first time actually having a period and just feeling cramps and and I was like almost like an addict. Like, what is my liquid gel a leave? Otherwise, I'm not. I'm gonna like I'm gonna be on the floor throwing up in the subway if I don't take it. And I remember going like having cramps, but like it was six hours later. I was in little Italy, and then we went to Soho and all of these things. And my way back home, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't take a leave. And I remember it was this moment in my head of what is that? Like, what is this thing? And I think that moment is was that little bit of what I call a forced leap of faith. Like my back was against the wall. Like there was no, it was either that or, but I think the biggest thing, my biggest leap of faith is remembering being in that gown, sitting and when telling me you're going to have your ovary being like, no. So I'm this 19 years old. These are more professors. This is NYU doctors. And I'm looking at them and being like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like this, don't schedule me for surgery. I am a teenager. I'm not doing this. And that was just that sense of knowing there was something inside of me, even nothing made sense, nothing. And, and I went like kicking and screaming through it. But that was my first kind of like leap of faith into the naturopathic realm. Because when I, um, the more I learned, even with that naturopath, the more my own journey I started also realizing how a lot of the reasons why people in the US or in have PCOS from a from a medical perspective or from a physical mm -hmm. perspective did not apply to me. I did not grow up with GMOs. I did not grow up eating McDonald's. I did not grow up with all of those things. I grew up eating pretty organic, homemade. I didn't grow up drinking Coca-Cola. So things did not add up as much for me. There was a component for sure. But that took me into deeper into that emotional aspect of it. Like, what is what is causing me? I'm right ovary from all right from all ovaries. Why is the right one, not the left one, that's acting up that way? And if you um, and we may get that in another. If you look at my childhood, I'm pretty textbook. Like, if why would be the right ovary and why would be all of these things? But I didn't know that back then. And Asking, taking, trusting in that knowing to seek answers. I think that's what took me into the holistic realm from a naturopathic perspective and then from the energetic healing aspect. So powerful to think that that one circumstance at such a young age would really shift the trajectory of what you were going to do career-wise and, and how you were going to move forward. But it sounds like it made such a dramatic impact on your own health. You couldn't help but move forward in helping other people. That, that's what I think the universe does though, right? The universe, there's like major things in our life that I still think we have free will, but it's almost like the universe pushes us down a direction um, to kind of set our destiny in motion. And that's that's why I, we talked about last week as well in terms of is things happening for us or to us? And, and I tell you, that sounds like a super painful period and, 
but it's like it changed your whole life it led you down to this path that you're in that you're living today that um you know i guess one of your most pain, painful periods actually sounds like was maybe one of your most rewarding how does that sound oh absolutely and, and i think that i mean i was graduating undergrad early so i was going to start looking into specialties and looking into things very soon and I want to be a plastic surgeon. I think that's the irony of if anyone follows me on Instagram, I've been like every other person about how don't use Botox. So it's it's very interesting to see how um that was going to be like the way it's almost like the like the universe was like, oops, she is not going in the right track. We need to redirect the one eighty. And I think that's a little bit of what happened there. I I do hundred percent believe, and I think that I am learning and leaning more into not having to be slapped in the face so hardly i'm trying to pick up on cues before and but it, has, it, it was kind of kind of pattern form in my life for a little bit i needed to hit the bottom to bounce back mm. i've definitely been in that space where i've been like pushed up against a wall and feel so, like it doesn't happen on a weekly basis for you in the last few months states yeah, I mean, I would say one of the more significant times that I could share about is um, I was working at a really upscale salon in um, the area where I live, and um, I was at the top of my game. There were 19 hairdressers there, and I was in like second place, having just been there for a short period of time with a girl who had been there since they opened as ranking one. Right. And I had an issue with, um, a contest that I won and there was some conflict and my manager came to me and confronted me in a way that was really inappropriate. And I left work that day devastated. I mean, I felt like someone had just stripped me of like, I, I pictured myself retiring from there. Okay. I was like, I'm going to like make my whole career in this place. And when this whole thing went down, I was devastated. I was totally devastated. And I went home and I started number crunching and I decided on sheer principle that I was going to walk in there, resign from my job. And I'm not joking with you guys. I lived in a tiny little townhouse and I cut hair in my townhouse for four months well, I figured out what I was going to do and clients were pouring in just because they were desperate to get their hair done. But it was like that leap of faith then led me from doing hair, you know, on the side, trying to figure things out for four months into me owning my own business and running my own business and having a six figure career in the beauty industry, because I was pushed up against a wall. Right. And then when that happened, I took the leap of faith and said, okay, I'm going to try something different than what the norm is. And everyone thought I was crazy. I was a single mom. I had three little kids. What the heck was I thinking? I, I was leaving a job with no plan, but it turned out to be one of the greatest decisions career-wise I could have ever made. And I, I look at that and I'm like, I was pushed up against a wall, just like you, Taggy, different circumstances, but a really scary wall. <laughs> what about you, Nims? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have lots of examples of of a leap of faith. I mean, I I um I spent most of my life in the corporate world, right? And the corporate world, when you talk about spirituality in the corporate world, there's a kind of a, or at least there used to be, there's a kind of a people roll their eyes, and for me to merge worlds, um, be so public about what I do, if that was a leap of faith. But when I think about my spiritual awakening, I like you guys talk about being pushed into a corner. I um. Yeah, I mean, I started in the corporate world. I was super focused on becoming CEO of the world. I think I've talked about it before. And then a friend at the time decided that I was being too successful. You know, good job, nice money, good company car. So she did a little ceremony, a little interview ceremony to so I'd lose my luck. And sure enough, I got made redundant. I was out of work for two years. I was in a dark space. And then a friend of mine just said, you know, I'm going to go and see a religious lady. She sees things in people um, that uh, maybe some, somebody's done something to. I was like, can she goes, will you come with me just because I want company? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, why not? I didn't I didn't know I was being guided there. But actually, that's what the universe was doing. It guided me to this lady who said, 
somebody's done something to you. And as soon as she said that, I got the visual. I knew what had happened and I knew what. And that has led me down this path of spirituality because, yeah, I got, she helped me fix whatever was, whatever happened. Within a week, I got a job offer at a director level. But actually, that made me super curious on the spiritual path. That made me change my direction from becoming heavily focused on becoming CEO of the world to really wanting to understand all four of my bodies, really wanting to understand the spiritual journey that I'm meant to be on. And it totally changed the direction without even me knowing. So, um, and I won't be talking here about this topic. I want to start this podcast without kind of taking that journey. Um, and for me, that was a blessing. It was probably my darkest period for a while because I thought I was going to lose everything. Um, but yeah, universe sent me angels at the time to help me through the two years. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess lots of other leaps of faith just in terms of this journey, this spiritual journey, just, um, totally pivoting from a from a really safe corporate job to creating a healing business and to meeting beautiful ladies like yourself to really kind of help and guide me and push me and expand me in only the way you can so um but i love this topic yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge leap of faith to do a pivot in your career and to rebuild something new and different and i would absolutely say i'm in the thick of that as well um, you know, I went from having a predictable schedule of nights and weekends and holidays as a hairdresser and knowing that I was booked 12 to 14 hour days to leaving my salon space when I separated from my husband, my, my business was my home and it was, it was shell shock. But again, that trust fall, that leap of faith for me was saying, okay, I know that this is what I'm meant to do. Now it's time to do it. And just dialing in on that and focusing on that every day. And there are definitely days where I'm like, did I make the right decision? <laughs> like, am I okay? Am I going to be enough to do this? But it has been every client that I've worked with, every situation that I've been in, I feel like it's been validation again that we're doing what we're meant to do. So I, I, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I really feel that a lot of people have been asked, are being pushed to shine their light differently. Now, a lot of people, you know, we went through a few years of lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, but now we kind of going through the other side and the things that used to excite us don't excite us anymore. The careers that maybe we had don't excite us anymore. And we like, so many of our clients are looking for something different because it doesn't feel normal anymore. So I really feel the universe is asking us to like take a leap of faith. But it's still free will, right? We still have a choice. It's that, you know, do we want to take that leap of faith? Do we want to do that career change? Do we want to, you know, make a decision to serve? Because what has that meant for us as we make a decision to serve? It meant that a lot of the relationships that we've had as we raise our vibration, people naturally move away. So there is a consequence to taking that leap of faith. Um, you know, you go on a journey of awareness and then once you become more aware, you can't close that door, right? You have to make those choices of that are going to expand you and maybe perceptibly painful, but it kind of pushes you to be who you're truly meant to be. So, um, Taggy, you've been quiet. I'd love to hear more from you on this topic. What's uh, I was actually thinking about an image. Um, how so I usually describe the following the intuition to my patient by saying it's like being in a car with a GPS. And the GPS instruction may make no, no sense at all. Um, let's say I know I am going to um, whatever, like I'm going to, I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I want to try to go north, but the sign goes take Chicago. And I'm like, I'm not going to Chicago. That's south. That makes no sense. So I'm going to keep on following the sign that says Canada because I'm going north and that's what the north of me. And so we have two choices. That's usually how I describe the intuition. The intuition is the GPS. You don't may not make sense, but it has the whole picture and you're only seeing the sign in front of you and your mind is trying to make sense. But as I was listening to us talking and talking about being in a corner, at least for my experience, usually, especially in the past, I would not listen to that GPS until I'm lost in the middle of the forest. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. Now I really have no choice. I don't see Chicago. I don't see North. I don't even see South. <laughs> I, I have no other choice. So I'm really going to actually listen 
to what the GPS say. And if the GPS says, um, take Philadelphia, I'm taking Philadelphia. Like I'm just going to listen because I don't have a choice. And I think a lot of what we are here all to teach and help is to make it shorter for you. Don't wait until you get lost in the forest, you know, like <laughs> trust that GPS. And, and there are ways, there are ways to really connect to that GPS, to connect to that inner compass, to be, to going back to that sense of me being on that table and having that sense of knowing. Stacy, for example, in that moment of having, well, what I feel like she was, she felt that she, there was an injustice there was an injustice happening to her and she was being betrayed maybe by this person that she came in very short time and did such a great thing to her business. Now she was not being recognized. And Stacey had a choice at that moment. Do I recognize myself? Why do I stay here and accept not to be recognized? And now I am being the oppressor towards my soul. And the soul doesn't like that. It's like if someone else oppresses me is one thing, but you do it to me, nobody. That's not fair. And I think that's a little bit of what we were all sharing here because even Nims, when you said you went to that person, she she saw something in you that you were trying to seek through being that CEO of the world. This is again going back to recognition. I think that we're all trying, I say at least from an inner child perspective. We all try to, to feel seen or be heard or be loved or feel safe or feel protected. And we seek for a long time to get that from the outside. Mm. And the moment we learn to connect back to the inside, then we don't we can take those leap of faith because we trust our GPS, we trust our inner self. So yeah, that's what I was I was just thinking about that image of actually being back being to our head, our back to the wall is that image of being lost in a forest and be like okay now do i have a choice but listen to I that gps that so, i love that so much because i i don't think that we think about this being connected that when we're tuned in to our gps right and we're aware like you said in those moments because there have always been those like red flags for me in that moment where it's like okay wait hold on that inner gps is telling me this is not aligned with who i am mm -hmm. it's time to move on and the amount of times that I've waited until I was in the forest, <laughs> I've been like, help. <laughs> we're not laughing at Stacey. We're laughing because we know we're We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we have this, this, this knowing that something isn't aligning with us, doesn't fit, isn't, it's, it's unsettling, it's churning, whatever that sensation is, we, we are aware of that. And we are the only beings on this planet that deny that, you know, if an animal is out in the wild and they sense danger, they don't sit there and go, Hmm, how do I feel about <laughs> this? They, they go. Right. So it's just fascinating to me to be reminded of that. And I, I, I have a question for you, Taggy, and I'm, I'm going to ask you this too, Nims. What are some ways that our listeners can take away from this? Like, how do they listen to that inner GPS? What, what are some pointers we can give them for listening to that inner GPS? I think my biggest one is quite the noise, quite the noise outside of you. Every, everything, I'm going to call them in conditioning, everything that's not making you think right, or it's not making you make the right choices that led you to being in this situation that doesn't feel good is all coming from the fact that you were listening to the outside. You were not listening to the inner part of you. Give me one second. I know it's a hair clip, thank you. My son brought me a hair clip that has a rainbow, but I need you to close the door, thank you. <laughs> I love that, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that says a rainbow. And, um, or it's, it's finding, listening to ourselves is basically A, listening to ourselves. Spend time with yourself. You cannot listen to yourself if you are in the noise. So the way I say the soul tends to whisper first. So you cannot whisper if you're in the middle of a nightclub and it's whispering to you and there's so much noise outside of you. Spend time with yourself. Stop consumption. When I say consumption is anything and everything. The people who are giving you too much advice and you haven't asked for the social media, the everything that feels like it's the information is coming at you. There is inflow coming at you. Quite that, and spend time with yourself. 
So that would be my bigger tip to really find time with yourself, quiet the noise. And one of the things that I usually make my students do is B, which is I know so hard for so many people, it was hard for me too, is don't even try to meditate. Just go sit outside. Don't try to visualize. Don't try to do anything. Close your eyes and listen. Listen to the nature. Listen to the sensation of the wind. Does the wind have a noise? Does it have a color? Does it have a feel? And and try to connect to your senses. Because we say our intuition is our sixth sense. It's not. It's our first one. It's before sight. That's what teaches even as babies to know what to do in our in the mother's womb is before we see, it's before we taste, before we do anything. So this is your first sense. Quite the noise by really a closing your eyes because that seems when we open our eyes there is so much bombarding. It's very stimulating to the to the nervous system. So quieting our eyes to allow that third eye to develop and really reconnect to the other senses because that will connect you back to the original one. You're muted, Stacey. I really love this trio. I love this <laughs> because we talk about this all the time and, and quieting the noise. And, um, you know, another, another big suggestion that I have to people is get outside of your home. You know, the ego is the strongest at home. Remove yourself from that space and get out in nature to connect, you know, um, having that kind of space away from the ties at home, the distractions. I mean, like for me, it would be like the dishes, the laundry nims, you know, this, <laughs> like not, not having those things to distract me gives me the space. You know, I love to go to a local park and I'll just do loops around the park and just give myself that time out in nature to kind of be introspective and tune into that. Nims, what about you? Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree with both of what you said, and it's like, stay. Sometimes I think you get in my head and say the things that were in my head before before they <laughs> come out. Um, but yeah, I really, I really feel the universe wants us to expand with kindness and starts off with little nudges. I think uh, Tag, you call them little whispers. I think the universe has a role to play to help us expand. So it starts off with little nudges, and when we miss those little nudges, they become little shoves, and when we miss those shoves, they become like little punches in the gut, we miss those little punches in the gut, then that's where we get lost in the forest. And, um, you know, I thought it was only guys that don't like asking for directions until they get, they get lost, but um, <laughs> clearly not. It's um, us too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah, masculine but, energy in us. It's that ego true. in us anyways. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I'll always recommend three things, right? And, um, you know, you both talked about kind of sitting in nature and being silent. That's one of the first three, one of the first three things I'd always recommend is find that time to not necessarily um silent the mind. It's not about being silent, it's about silenting the ego so you can listen to your heart and soul. Whether that's you know, ideally 10 minutes in silence a day where you just be. It's not about meditating, it's just about being silent. Call it your time. The other thing I'd always recommend is mirror work. And what the mirror work does, it allows you to fall in love with you from the inside. And what, how you do that is you just look in the mirror, you connect with who you are, you connect through the eyes with windows of soul, connect with the power of you, and just say, I love you, or I love you, I thank you, and appreciate you. And the third thing is journaling, and I know Stace loves journaling, but it's that you need a way to release the stuff that's inside you, so again, so you can listen to your heart and soul. And, um, you know, every podcast we talk about, having a solid self-care routine seems to be a part of everything. Because for me, that gives you a, like a solid base, like your base chakra, gives you a solid base. From there, you can listen to what's happening inside you. And everything we need is inside us, all the love, all the joy. I mean, Taggy talked about, so often we look for the answers outside ourselves. We look for ourselves to be fixed. What if we don't need to be fixed? What if everything we need is inside us? And it is a trust. It is a trustful. Because a lot of time we don't trust ourselves. We want to go and see somebody to tell us what we need to do rather than listening to our messages, well, how can someone else know more about what we need to do than ourselves? So I, I, I love what you guys have said. Truly, that leap of faith comes from trusting ourselves. And if we can trust our messages and the messages we're receiving, then maybe life becomes easier. Stacey, you started me off a track there to kind of... Uh, I love those three things, and I've been te teaching those three things for years, and I have people that have been doing it for 20, 30 years, so um, I know it works. Yeah, I, I would challenge our listeners to take some time out and uh, kind of, you know, you've you listened to this podcast and we've given you some pointers on 
you know, getting quiet with yourself, getting out in nature, calming the noise that's happening around you so that you can listen to that inner voice. And we've talked about how that inner voice can be a lot quieter than the worldly noise around us. Right. And I would just challenge the listener to step outside of your, your norm, your routine. Maybe you work from home and you're in front of a screen all day. I would encourage you to get out and feel what your senses are sensing around you. Like Dr. Taggy was saying, get outside, close your eyes and listen and see what, what senses come about and where are you? And are you listening to that inner voice? Because I think there, there are those times where those messages come through really soft. And I think, um, for me, I don't really listen when they're soft. (laughs) I I'm the one that listens to them when they get louder. (laughs) Um, usually it's like a frying pan to the face kind of loud, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I, I do know that the more that I've taken the time, the quiet time for myself, whether it's journaling, Another thing that I like to do, and people are probably going to be like, oh my gosh, I like to walk on my treadmill and just like stare. (laughs) There's a rhythm of the treadmill that just puts me into a meditative state. And so I can just go off and I don't have to worry about tripping. (laughs) Like I just keep going with that same methodical pace and it's hypnotic. And for me, when I do that, then I can really listen to that inner voice. And I feel like the more time that I do that and the more time I spend with myself, building a relationship with myself, the easier it is to listen to those messages. So when the leap of faith comes, it's not so abrupt as it has been in the past, right? And I guess maybe that's something to ask our listeners, right? What do you do today that allows you to connect with who you are? Is it is it taking a walk? Is it maybe even going for a drive? Is it you know doing exercise? Is it sitting in silence? But on top of that, what can you do differently today? Because it's like Einstein would say the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing, expect a different set of results. So what can you do differently today to maybe connect with nature, maybe connect with somebody different, maybe connect? I mean, I always like the nature because, as Stacey was saying earlier, the ego is strongest at home. Everything we've been through is, is typically happens to us at home, which means that our egos, our emotions are stronger at home. When we go outside... We almost give nature an opportunity to build that connection to source and just being and appreciating. Because if you're in nature, but your mind's still busy, how much you truly, but if you're in nature and you just look at the flowers, you just listen to the wind, you kind of truly taking the beauty of the world, then maybe you start to connect with something different. Um, I'd love to ask you both, you, you know, we both all shared stories that kind of really changed the pivot of our lives. But I'd love to hear something more recent. How, what, what leap of faith have you taken recently, um, and what can you share with our with our listeners in terms of how that felt, and if you'd do anything different? And happy for any of you, whoever wants to start first, I'm happy to go. I mean, Stacey, you gave me that look. You've taken more leaps of faith in the last since May the first to change your life, to to totally change your hairdressing business to be 100% focused on healing you've taken more leaps of faith in the last few months than most people do in a lifetime so um, I would say I would say the last year has been a lot of leaping <laughs> I mean your first trip to London you just you, you never met me before I, it was like yeah <laughs> I I mean it all started on the clubhouse stage you know <laughs> Um, where I boldly said, I'm manifesting a trip to the UK and I had hardly ever traveled in my life. Um, jumped on a plane. I've now been to the UK. How many times? Four times in the last year. Um, (laughs) yeah. So there's that, um, meeting people that I had never met in person before traveling to another country that I had never been before traveling by myself. I had never done that before. Um, traveling internationally by myself was like really amazing. Um, but some of it's been really painful too. I, um, told my husband, if I stay in this relationship, it's going to kill me. And I walked away from my relationship the day I landed back in the U S on my last trip. I've sold my dream home in the country. 
I have moved into a little rental space while I figure out where all the pieces fit. I've taken a leap of faith by um, exposing a very large portion of my very personal and painful story in an effort to help other people. That book is going to be out soon. And let me tell you, when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about who was going to read it. <laughs> and then when I hit send on the manuscript, I had an oh shit moment because I realized people are actually going to know these things about my life. So yeah, it's been a lot of leaping over here in the, in the leap of faith department. Um, but I will say though, some of the steps of leaping have been really uncomfortable and quite frankly, some of them have been painful. I wouldn't change anything. I love where I am. I love what I'm doing. I had like a dream day today where I woke up this morning and I got to take my daughter to the orthodontist. Like the number of appointments that I've missed of my older kids, I can't even count. But my schedule has the flexibility that I got to be sitting in the chair, watching the smile on her face when they told her she's getting her braces off in six weeks. I didn't have to be told about it by a third party. I got to drive her to school. And then when I was done that, I spent the rest of the day with clients that I'm mentoring and coaching and advising and doing readings for. And I wouldn't trade today for anything. The leap of faith has been 100% worth it. Scary, but worth it. And then that's the beauty of it. You know it's still a work in progress. You, you know, there's a lot of parts of the jigsaw that are still being laid, right? It's still, you know, you said earlier, you're, you're in a basement, you're rebuilding, you're creating a healing business. But it's like in this moment, in this moment, you trust that you are exactly where you're meant to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't ever doubt that I'm, you know, like I haven't doubted like, okay, did I do the right thing? It's not that. It's, it's again, it's a leap of faith. It's the unknown. It's unfamiliar. And I think that anybody who has taken a leap of faith, if they tell you that it wasn't scary, they're lying. <laughs> they are lying because when it is a, a real leap of faith, it is a big leap. It is a trust fall. It is a surrender. It is a, I am not in control. You are, you know, it's, it's a lot. And it hasn't been just one thing. It's been like a domino effect for me, you know? So I, I don't know. That's, that's my recent update. I've been leaping a lot. <laughs> and the thing with Stacey is when you start working with her, when she's on a roller coaster, she takes you with her. That's always the beauty of it, right? <laughs> what about you, Taggy? Well, would you, I want to say something first. I was just listening to you and trying to not to actually listen rather than just see you to, to tune in from a listener perspective. And what I love the a lot, not just the most, but I love a lot. One of the things I love a lot about you, Stacey, is that you're very expressive with your voice. So like, regardless of what you're saying, your vibration, um, regardless of seeing you, you're very expressive when we see you, but also with your vibration and know people who are listening even through every single thing that she said, even through the painful moments. And you can feel the fear, but you can also feel the relief, which is what I also want to talk about with the leap of faith. Um, one, it, we always, one well, leap of faith is very scary. I think that's universal. We all know that. It's, and that's why a lot of people don't take it <laughs> until we are lost in the forest because it sounds very, because it is very, very scary. Otherwise we will be doing it in the first corner. We will be having this conversation if it wasn't. But the biggest thing about leap of faith is that there is always that moment of joy before the oh shit oh sorry are we allowed to curse here I don't know yes. is this okay <laughs> I'm like is this kid friendly like what's happening <laughs> but it's it's that moment there's always the but it's the but and I want to tell people I tell my patient before the but your intuition is before the but that's your intuition is feeling how you felt before your brain and it's like wait 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 you're not gonna do that. Here is why you shouldn't do it. But there is that moment when we go, oh, if I do this and we have this joy, like we filled with this energy of joy and relief, 
that is your sign to take that leap of faith. The but, that's none of your business. How it's going to happen, that's none of your business. Because at the end of the day, the moment you felt that joy of the possibility, you cannot go back and pretend that your life is fine. And the pain of being in a life that, or being lost in that forest, it doesn't matter. Now you know. You know you lost. That's it. You're like, I either trust, and it's scary, and it doesn't make sense, but I trust. Or I wait until someone, I get eaten by the foxes, you know, but you know, your moment is going to come. It's not going to be a happy ending. So I think that's very important to know that there is that joy, a way to connect to that leap of faith is finding more joy in your life. The more you connect to that joy, the more you want to stay in that joy. And when you feel a little bit of it and your mind starts, the ego starts with the excuses. You're like, oh, but I want to go back to that. The way you go back to that is taking that leap of faith. And I, actually going back to a recent one, my my recent one for me was um, was when I when I was going back to, I was always working even through my pregnancies, but I was down to three days a week after finishing my residency. And so when I started having my practice, I was three days a week because I had a small baby at home. And the moment I decided that she's going to go into school, so both of them were going to be in school. So at two and a half, I was like, well, at two and a half, I'm going to full time. I'm going to five days a week, like all the practitioners in my practice. And I had to sit down and, tell myself that do I want to spend those two extra days in the office or do I want to spend those two extra days doing energy work? And um, I mean, the math didn't add up because again, I was a successful new practitioner. I was making as a naturopathic doctor what MDs make, which is unheard of in, in, the, in the naturopathic realm. And those two days were almost going to double my income. And I was going to start with something that I know where to start, how to start. But I remember that I was like, I cannot. And I that's one of the biggest things I learned about myself, even as a child. I cannot do something that I don't love. I cannot do something out of not love. Meaning I absolutely love my job as a natural path. But if I ever feel like I am doing it or going in there for any other reason, then because I absolutely love it and I want to do it, or if I'm doing it because of income or because I have to, because whatever, I you don't want to be around me. I get in a shitty mood, my energy shifts. I like it's so weird. Like it becomes so painful to the core of my bone marrow. Like I can feel it. Everyone around me feel it. And I'm in a field that I cannot do that. Like I can't go pissed. <laughs> I'm not just like, you know. I mean, I think anything is made of love differently. Even someone is flipping burgers. If they want it, doing it out of love, it doesn't taste the same of someone who hates their job. So I absolutely love my job, but I knew I did not, my soul didn't want to do the five days a week. Like I could feel it and it was tugging me into sharing, exploring another, another side. And that was not only scary from that part, that part of the income and all of that, that was the easy part. The hard part was with me is that I was going, oh my God, I'm going quacker and quacker by the minute. Like I'm going crazy and crazier by the minute. I am going from being an MD to wanting to be a plastic surgeon to being a natural fat that's still respectful. No, no, I am a Reiki master. That's not too bad. Now I'm sending soul surgery to people. What the effing act is that? So I'm like, everyone around me is like, is she okay? Do we need to check on her mind? So I knew to me that was my biggest thing. That was my biggest fear was I what is going to mean, like how I am going to be seen, how I am going to be perceived. Because going back, one of the things that you guys don't know as listeners, but at the beginning of this podcast, um, Nims asked me if I want to be referred to as Taggy or Dr. Taggy in, in the speech. And I said, I'm not attached to the title. And in my head, I was thinking, honestly said, like, not anymore. And I felt like a big of my identity was that doctor. Because to me was maybe that the only thing that meant something in me that was the only part in me that was worthy, that made me worthy of sharing experience, what made, made me worthy of healing, what made me worthy, period, honestly. So it was that presenting that I was also a daughter of a doctor. So I almost grew up with this thing that the respected 
title is what made you respectful as a person, which is the identity versus the soul type of thing. So I think that my biggest leap of faith is, long story short, striking to strip away from the costumes and the titles and the outside expectation of how I'm portraying myself and being okay with being seen naked, which was literally what was starting to feel like when I would answer questions on Instagram and talking about things that are very outside of what even my patient in the office know me as and being okay with seeing them tomorrow morning and, and being like, okay, if they saw that, they saw that, that's who I am. And I think that's my biggest leap of faith is like literally stripping those clothes and and not feeling naked, actually feeling like in, in my power and feeling that this is who I am, like feeling that I'm being revealing myself rather than feeling that I am being, um, what's the word, not even naked, like I'm being exposed. I think there was, a, I was feeling exposed before and I'm growing into feeling more that I am revealing myself rather than exposing myself. And I think to me, vibrationally, that was my leap of faith is taking those crows, being, being so scared of, being completely exposed and naked but being like it doesn't matter because those clothes don't fit me anymore wow love that i just love because <laughs> those clothes don't fit you anymore how powerful yeah i've really felt the power of that wow that's the sense of relief my friends we were just talking about <laughs> you know how yeah. relieved you are when you take a clothes that doesn't fit anymore we're all women that are listening will relate to that super tight bra that you take <laughs> that's yes. how it feels is the relief of it that yeah wow hmm. wow that is powerful and um kind of reminds me of me a little bit in terms not the bra bit just the, the leap of faith um <laughs> just had to clarify um you know, I, I mean, I worked hard in the corporate world, right? I was, I was determined to become director, to become senior director, kind of moving to a global senior director role and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I worked for a multi-billion dollar organization and, you know, a lot of people would be super proud of the role I have and it's that I work so hard for those titles, but they don't really mean anything to me anymore. Um, it's really interesting. Um you know, I, I know I'm, I've been in the corporate world for a reason. I know I'm meant to heal the corporate world from within. Um, but yeah, if you if 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 you told me ten years ago, maybe twenty years ago, that you know I'd be at this level and it's not really important to me anymore, yeah, I'd probably think you're crazy, right? So, um, but this version of me knows that I'm meant to be something, doing something different. So, you know, I take a risk. I'm still in the corporate world, right? Every time I talk about leaving the corporate world. Um, and doing the healing full time, there, there is a risk there, right? Somebody in the corporate world in, in my role could could listen to it and who knows, but I know like I know like I know that I'm meant to do this healing work. It just lifts my soul at a whole different level. And it's that knowingness that really kind of drives me that I know I'm on the right path. There's no doubt. There's no, I know I'm protected in whatever way. And what Taggy talked about was really important. When for me, a leap of faith is, is knowing that you've got to take that leap, having fear inside you, but taking the leap anyway. So if I kind of talk about that a little bit, it's that we have an instinct that we know we want to do something. And it's that, you know, what kicks in then is the ego. And the ego gets a bad rap. It stands for Earth Guide only. It's only trying to protect you. So all of a sudden you're taking this leap that may change your world. And the ego jumps in and says, wait, hold on. No, no, you're in a good environment. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. Why would you want to do that? But it's recognizing that's the ego and taking the leap anyway. Because it's not a bad thing. It's just trying to protect you. But if you kind of recognize that it's it's the fear um, that's stopping you from taking that leap. And then you start to ask yourself, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And then maybe you start to get a different perspective. Because the fear comes in and we don't always recognize and we don't always have that conversation with ourselves. Well, hold on, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? And... Then you take a moment and say, well, hold on, is this really why I'm here? And then maybe you take that leap. You know, we all, we all three of us have talked about taking that leap and taking, but it's like what you feel on the other side is the beauty of life, right? It's the beauty of why we're here. It's the beauty of without taking those leaps, there's a part of us that dies inside. And we've all talked about 
you know, when we miss the signs, the universe has a way of expanding us in the only way the universe can. So maybe that's the other message to our listeners is, look, the change is coming, right? There is a, we've been pushed to truly expand and shine our light. Maybe we, maybe we listen to those signs and start to move towards whatever we are here to do. And we ask us those questions. What is it that lifts our soul? What is it we enjoy doing? What is it we do on a daily basis that truly lifts us up to a different level? And what if we could do that all the time? I mean, Taggy talked about using the two days in the week to do something that inspires our soul. And how beautiful is that? So I have loved talking to you too. Um, love this space. It's such a healing, healing space. I'd love to kind of um, go to Taggy first in terms of any advice she has for the listeners, anything she wants to leave the listeners with. And then Stacey, I'm going to go to you for some journal prompts. Taggy, to you first. I um, want to, with this leap of faith, is when I say trusting the heart, your soul has been around for so long, for much longer. It's not, this is not your first rodeo. It knows exactly everything that the tools that it needs, what you need, what you came here to do. It's mapped up to you. And the universe has this sense. You show up, I show up. You show up, I show up. You take that turn. You trust me with this turn of the GPS. I will give you what the other turn is. It's one step at a time. The mind is so beautiful, so protective. And I always joke and I say that your mind, your ego is your amigo, like it's your friend, but he's not that old, <laughs> you know, for the most of us, like, like it's 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s. It's 80s in compared to 800 years is nothing. Your mind is a baby and you're trusting a baby to make soul decisions. So when your mind comes in, which it will, and it's his job and it's so loving, what I say is, I got this. Thank you. Thank you, mind. So thank it. Thank you, my mind. Thank you so much. I see exactly what you're doing. I know you're scared. I know you think this X, Y, and Z, but I got this. This is the hearts. This is not you. When I need you to take action, I will call you. But right this moment, this decision, that's hard. The heart got this. You can sit back and relax. You don't need to do anything because you need to know something. And I'm talking from experience. We tend to spend most of our life overusing our brain and making all the decisions from a brain. The brain is tired. Trust me, it will be happy to sit back and kick back. It just doesn't know how to because you've been over soliciting it, asking it to take the heart and the mind decision. The mind is only there to take aligned actions when the heart has made the decision. So when you give those very distinct tasks, your brain is actually very happy to sit back. It's just a moment to be like, I got this. Just remind it that you got this. Quiet the noise, find the joy, listen to your voice and take that deeper faith. Love it. I love that. Stace. So as far as journal prompts, I think the first thing that would be really powerful would be to sit down with your journal and think about have you ever taken a leap of faith before and what did that feel like? So recounting the feeling of the sensation of, you know, what did your body feel like when, when you made that decision, what was happening around you? What were the circumstances really digging into that? And if you haven't take a, taken a leap of faith before, I think the next question would be if fear were not an issue, where would you take a leap of faith? What area of your life would you take a leap of faith and write about it in detail? What would you do? It's the power of manifesting. It's the power of connecting with that vibration and really feeling what would it look like if I didn't let fear stand in my way and I took that leap of faith and I listened to that inner voice, what would that look like? And get detailed, you know, is it with your job? Would your, would your, you know, employment situation look different? Would your family unit look different? Would your home look different? What would that look like? And really get detailed with it. And then reach out to us and let us know. Cause I always love the feedback, right? Nims? Yeah, no, we always love the feedback. And I'd love to just ask Taggy, Taggy, if people want to work with you, if they want to reach out, I'm going to include your your contact details in, in the show notes. But what's the best way to work with you? What's the best way to reach out to you? So the best way to reach out to me is actually through Instagram. They have my link in bio. Uh, every 
patient um, goes through the root cause analysis first, meaning that allows us to get to the root cause of everything, to really understand what's going on at every level. What is even your physical symptoms trying to tell you through those physical symptoms? What is the patterns in your life? What is the fear in your life trying to tell you? What is the worries, the anxiety, the anger is trying to tell you? It's all communication. And once we do that, then we can figure out what is the best, what is the best program and fit for you. So currently I am I have two programs available. I have one for healers, which is the healer's healer. Basically, it's called Activated Healer. And it's really about tuning back to, into that feminine energy. Um, when we're talking about the heart, I, to me, is the soul of the home and the home of the soul. And that's really about feeling that feminine energy. And um, the other way is one-on-one. And that also, both of them is being decided after the root cause analysis. And that's the best way to work with me. Brilliant. And I will, like I said, I include your contact details in the show notes. And I've loved this episode. I've loved connecting with both of you. There's a beautiful energy when, when, you know, when we're talking. And if you want to reach out to us, I'll include mine and Stacey's details in the show notes too. Um, you've heard us talk about the, the mentorship, the spiritual mentorship program we've, we have that we've channeled. It's causing, we're doing so much good with it in terms of really truly allowing people to understand the programming, understand why they're here shine their light differently we love doing that work we also uh, read akashic records which is a it's a record of everything your soul's been through this life parallel life future life current life everything is installed in your records and we do a joint reading where you get divine masculine divine feminine we also train on how to read the akashic records there's lots and lots of things and obviously we have this podcast so there's lots of things that we're doing um but i just yeah i love this episode i love the energy we have Taggy, proud that you were the our first guest on this podcast. So thank you for being here. And actually, Stace, I'd love for you to close us out. So I'm going to hand over to you to close us out. Thanks, Taggy, for being here with us. This was an awesome experience. Nims, I always love the time that we spend together. And friends, we love to hear your feedback. So if you want to rate and review the podcast, that would be awesome. And if you want to reach out to us about upcoming topic ideas or any feedback you may have for us, we're always grateful for it. Thanks for being with us. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Sending love and light. Speak soon.